Welcome to Next Scene's Great Adventure, covering Pee-wee's big adventure about 10 minutes at a time. Uh, today we will be covering from about 8 minutes 20 seconds to 18 minutes 40 seconds. And joining us today for this segment is a special guest all the way from MASH Minute. It's Megan Coleman. Wait, welcome, Megan. Thanks, John, Hello. for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for stopping by. We're, we're so excited to have you here um, for this little bit of, uh, of the big adventure. Um, so in this section, we've get, uh, we get the, the reveal of the X1, Pee-wee's bicycle. We get an encounter with Francis, Pee-wee's nemesis. Um, and after a short ride in the park, we get Mario's magic shop. And then finally, a visit to Chuck's Bike-O-Rama. So uh, their action's really picking up, really picking up <laughs> this section. Um, so we get a little bit more of the exterior of Pee-wee's house, and we get some of the um, the security measures yes. that he has protecting <laughs> <laughs> his bicycles. So, so yeah, we've got a um, like a, a a keypad with numbers. We've got an aerial antenna that somehow yes. figures into things, and uh, a switch, <laughs> a tree branch that acts as a switch to uh, you know to activate a, a hedge, a door in the hedge. Um, and something I didn't notice till listening to the commentary. So sometimes uh, director's commentary pays off. They mentioned that the the cover, uh, Tim Burton mentions the commentary, the cover for that little keypad is mm-hmm. held on by duct tape. Oh, really? <laughs> that it looked you look, a little, yeah. compared to everything else he has going on, it felt a little like rinky dinky. <laughs> like someone could easily find it like and just be like start punching numbers or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really that thin. Um, yeah, Tim, Tim Burton mentions they kind of well. The way he said it is we had to we had to go with what we could deal with, um, and they didn't have a huge budget. I couldn't find exact numbers, but the reported budget on IMDb is about six million dollars, um, which is even in the eighties is not a lot. That doesn't seem like a lot. A feature film, not a lot, especially one with um, with kind of so many stunts and effects and other things that this has. I mean, they could have spent you know one or two million just on. Pee-wee's bedroom in the yard and, and and the bike itself. So uh I think that's where most of the budget in the house. Went to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we get um we get our first really good look at at the X1. Do you have any? Did you have like a treasured bicycle growing up? Or maybe oh, do you have I, a treasured oh, bicycle oh, oh, now? I did. Yeah. Oh, I did. I had a huffy bike when I was how old was I? I think I was in second or third grade. Mm-hmm. And it was called Wild Thing. I don't know why they like like already on the bike it was called wild thing and it had this 90s spray paint job on it um and i was such a nerd that i would start singing the steppenwolf like wild thing song when i would be riding (laughs) on it and when i had to give it to my sister because i outgrew it i actually ran away to my grandmother's house with a bike because i didn't want to give it away you didn't want to give it up well yeah i didn't want to give it up so i get when peewee like i get the attachment he has to this bike you understand (laughs) the love he has for it yes it's not just a bike it's like it's like an extension of him in a way, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Well, and it's it's you know it's freedom when you don't have a car. If you don't have mm-hmm. a license, you can't drive. It's it's yeah. It's how you get around. It's yeah. It's an extension. Um, yeah, I can I can understand that. I had a I had a BMX. I was actually kind of late um, learning to ride a bike. But the first BMX bike I had, the first really nice bike that I liked, I think I was twelve or thirteen, and it it was a Schwinn. I think it was a Schwinn, but it was like BMX. It had like the the fat tires 
Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I remember it was black and gold. Um, very, it was sleek, but uh, yeah. So I definitely understand like that relationship between uh, between a young person or the young at heart and, and the bicycle. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a special relationship. Um, and this, uh, yeah, this thing is decked out. And I, 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 I talk a little bit about uh, Schwinn and, and this particular bicycle in the episode on the deleted scenes I did. Um, so listener, if you haven't listened to the back, listen to that, you can rewind, go back two episodes um, when you're done listening to this and you'll get, um, uh, you'll get some bike information, some bike history. But I just want to do a, a quick rundown of all the different features that I, <laughs> that I noticed on this thing. Um, so this has got, we've got, well, the tassels on the handlebars, of course. Mm-hmm. We've got the the lion head speaker with the mic that's kind of clipped on the side so Pee Wee can make announcements. We've got, I don't know if, what, if, what the term for it, but there's um like spirals around the hub of the yeah. wheels. Those like wheel covers, but they're inside the spoke. So it's not like a hubcap. Um, right. But those are cool. I don't think I've seen those anywhere, but. But on this bike, this is really a special uh, vehicle that that Pee Wee's got there. Um, but so yeah, he's got these, you know, those those like hub covers. He's got the hard sided saddlebags for storage, dual mm-hmm. rear view mirrors, dual brakes, uh, the two tone tank in white and red, uh, the front light with propeller and fins. Uh, he's actually got two horns. Um, He's got a, a push button horn. He's got like one of those balls you squeeze. And then he's got the yeah. horn that he's going to pick up later from Dottie. Um, in addition to a bell, I noticed a bell on the handlebars. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of ways the, to tell you he's coming. <laughs> yeah. We've got the, uh, a lot of ways. We've got the, like the mud guards, the, um, the o- over the wheels. Uh, we've got the white wall tires, the lightning. Um, you can actually notice I have it pause. I just happen to pause it right at the right moment where I can read the label on the white wall where it says lightning and it's got little lightning bolts um, on the on the tire. Um, he's got a rear um, a rear tank um, over the rear wheel. Um, you got the compass attached to the frame, and then the um, the the little license plate the the the, oh, yeah. the brass or the bronze that says property of Pee Wee Herman. The license plate. So. Um, this is uh, this is quite a special vehicle, <laughs> um, and uh, P- Paul Rubin says so. This was inspired the bike he was given. Well, he talks about how they used bicycles to get around on the Warner Brothers lot, that the the, the studio lot where they make these movies is so wide that you know we're so big that the people use bikes to get around. And um, Warner Brothers gave uh, Paul a restored 1947 Schwinn Racer um, was the inspiration for. Um, uh, you know, for the film and for the X one, I can't imagine that it was as nice as this, though. No, um, but it, it must have been. <laughs> it must have been something special. They did a really nice job with this bike, though, with the paint job and everything. Yeah, yeah. This is this is really nice. I and I read that there was um supposedly one of the bikes used in the film came up for auction, um Ooh. previously, and like I wish I wish I had known at the time because it's something. Uh, well, I probably still couldn't afford it. I ended up selling for thirty six, thirty six thousand dollars in in twenty fourteen. Wow. Um, so yeah, I probably wouldn't have been able to do anything even if I'd known about it. But I can definitely see how um, how that's worth it. And I'm kind of surprised. So I couldn't find there isn't like a an internet bicycle database with with more information on the bike. There's a for uh, shame. It, yeah, 
<laughs> and it seems like there's a database, you know, an internet database for everything else. Or, or, I know, you know, right? There's, you know, the internet movie database. There's an internet uh, movie gun database. If you yeah. want to look at firearms that are used in movies, there's a car database, the internet movie car database at IM, uh, huh. the cb.org. And it's got, um, they have motorcycles and they've even got some of the motorcycles like when he, when Pee Wee runs into, um, the Satan's helpers and then the like the motorcycles that are used uh, kind of the stand in for X one in the movie within the movie at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't have anything on, on the bicycle itself on the X one. Unfortunately feels like uh feels like a major oversight. Right. Cause there's a lot of movies with bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. And um, And so I, yeah, I couldn't find it uh, like a dedicated internet movie bicycle database. So, uh, um, listeners, if there's someone out there who's like a uh, a big bicycle fan, I don't know if I know enough about bicycles to to start that myself. But um, yeah, someone that has a, a history with uh, movie bicycles, maybe start that up, get that going. Um, so moving along in the action, then we get um, yeah, we get that uh, that interaction with Francis, and it's his birthday, <laughs> and his father says he can have anything he wants, and he wants. The bike. <laughs> he wants the bike. He wants the X one, um, which uh, <laughs> which sends uh, you know sends Pee Wee into a laughing fit, uh, where he's literally rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing. Uh, I love that. It's like he knew that he, that was coming, right? Yeah, it's the impression yeah. I got. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nope. He, he knows Francis. He he knows knows what knows knows what is coming. Uh, oh, I just want to back up, talk a little bit about, so the music, the, the great score, the Danny Elfman score continues this minute. And with the reveal of the X1, we have, um, you know, we have the, these brass, uh, you know, brass instrument flourishes. We get the timpani and the big percussion, um, you know, just letting us know how momentous, in case we couldn't figure it out ourselves, you know, <laughs> just seeing the bike, um, you know, for, for the slow of us in the audience, just kind of letting you know, like, this is a big deal. You're you're supposed to be impressed. Um and I think we are. So just a quick, uh, quick couple notes on uh, Mark Holton, who is the actor who plays Pee Wee. This is kind of his, um, he had done a couple things before this, but this is kind of considered his breakthrough role. Um, he had done a couple other things. Uh, 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 he was in Teen Wolf, which also came out in 1985, and Teen Wolf 2 in 87, um, was in uh, A League of Their Own in 1992, where he was the older Stillwell. So if you remember oh, from that film, there's okay. Stillwell, who's the um, the young son of one of the players on the team who's traveling, you know, who's on the bus and traveling with the team. And then at the end, when uh, when everyone's aged up, he's the older Stillwell. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, he played uh, played John Wayne Gacy in, I think it was a television movie, Gacy, uh, about the serial killer in 2003. Um and kind of a, an interesting uh, trivia thing. So he was in Leprechaun in 1993 and then reprised his role playing the same character in Leprechaun Returns in 2018. And so um, uh, Mark and Warwick Davis are the only people to be in more than one Leprechaun movie. Uh, so he's got that that going for him. <laughs> huh. I, he looked familiar to me for some reason and I couldn't place it, but I think it's because of League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. Teen Wolf too, but um. yeah, yeah, he's got one of those faces like he looks familiar, and I was surprised. Right. I was a little You're bit like, surprised. But where do I know him from? <laughs> yeah, when I kind of expected looking him up on IMDb, I kind of expected more. 
Really? But just he's because not... of how familiar he looks. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. he's I, I I figured he'd gotta be in a lot of stuff, but um and there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen. So I think probably Leprechaun and then a league of their own in addition to uh to this, of course, would have been the things I know him from. Um I really like this little bit. I mean, in addition to kind of introducing us to uh, an antagonist and kind of kicking off what will be the, you know, the, the main plot of the film revolving around um, the X1 is so many of the like, you know, uh, you know, Pee Wee's lines is his kind of trite jokes that he tosses out. We get just in this one little, uh, these few minutes with Francis, we get, I know you are, but what am I? We get, <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. We get, why don't you make me? We get the thing where like he holds his hand up to the ear and says, I'm listening to reason. Um, <laughs> and then we get, I, you know, uh, when uh, I think, uh, you know, when uh, Francis says, why do you make me? He says, I don't make monkeys. I train them, yes. which was a new one to me. I I hadn't heard that before the, the film. Um, and then there's a couple more that are in the script that actually uh, got cut that didn't make the film. There's at one point. Um, after that so when he says i don't make monkeys i train them and then francis says you're the monkey and that's when peewee pulls out the classic i'm rubber you're glue whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you uh, the classic <laughs> line and then the other thing that um at one point francis says mark my words and then peewee says got a pen i'll mark them down <laughs> so those were a couple that um that that didn't that didn't make the cut but we've we've got plenty though um, just packed into this small little bit. Do you have a Do you have a yeah. favorite line? What do you think of like when when Pee Wee starts pulling out? You know these these cliches. Do you have a favorite line of his? I I think that I don't train monkeys. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. like that they have such a good. I mean, I know they're not supposed to like each other, but they have a really good rapport just going back and forth of you know and their facial expressions and. And that's what I really like about Pee Wee is like he's like he, Rubens is really good at like delivering his lines, but it's like his mm-hmm. facial expression is his body language like takes it up, like kind of makes it funny for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, I think of other actors who would probably do it. And I just think like, OK, yeah, sure. You train monkeys. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it's like what? The... Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I am. You know, like, sure, whatever. Right. But there's something very genuine and also very like, I don't want to say sarcastic, but that's the mm-hmm. word that's coming to mind. Um, yeah. where he just sort of throws it back <laughs> yeah yeah there's yeah there's a couple things one there's the obvious commitment that Paul Rubin puts into this character and and Mike too I think you know that the, mm-hmm. committing to this um yeah just the childness and the immature sorry not Mike Mark uh Mark Holton like did they just commit to um you know we're we're gonna forget that we're mature grown-up adults for the next few minutes and we're just we're going to completely buy into it um and yeah it's it's a little bit of a loss i mean the the film is great i'm obviously a big fan which is why i decided to do this and i I wouldn't want to change anything but i realized like these these two characters only have three scenes they've got this they've got later on when the confronts yeah you know in 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 the pool slash bathtub <laughs> right that's at, true sorry bathtub quote unquote right <laughs> yeah at the buxton residence and then at the end um you know at the drive-in theater like they they don't have you know it's almost like um excuse me uh you know it's almost like a hannibal lecter or a uh, ned ryerson in terms of kind of a foil or a character that has very little screen time but yet you know plays a major role you know it's a memorable mm-hmm. part and plays a big role in you know, in the film and in the plot, uh, you know, and, and you can see like the effect that it has on 
um, you know, that antagonist protagonist relationship, you know, yeah. even just this small part. Um, and one of the things uh, that, that Tim Burton and, and Paul Rubens talk about in the, um, in the commentary is that this was like a really late find. This was a late, um, a late choice in casting Mark for this role, but I think they, they hit it just they got just you know it was just the right person for just the right part yeah the the chemistry is amazing mm -hmm. did yeah. they say who they had like was there somebody that they already had for the role or they just and someone backed out or yeah no they did yeah they don't they don't say they if they if, like if someone backed out or if you know if they had like a long list of people they went through and you know, just like people weren't available or something right. like they don't yeah. say why they just said like this this happened to be a a late casting um yeah so i, huh. I kind of yeah i wonder if there's there's more story about that but again uh, i think it all it all worked it all out. it all worked out for the best i would say um so that we we pull away from francis and we see um pw goes on a little bit of a ride through the park he sees some you know some bmx riders doing some tricks like they're standing on the <laughs> yeah. crossbar and stuff like that and, uh, you know, he does a couple things. He's trying to do some tricks. He ends up falling off his bike, um, makes kind of a graceful, as graceful as he can be landing, rolls around, pops up, and we get another great line. I meant to do that. I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that might be, that might be my favorite sort of, I don't know, like peewee-isms, you know, like of, of his, of the lines that he throws out. The, um, I meant to do that. Yeah. And the kids just like stare at him like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are just like, is this like like what like what just happened? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. One of them, there's one kid that kind of cracks that like gives a little bit of a smile. The rest of them are like, they're like deadpan. I don't know. Are these mannequins? Are these like live children? Or they're just great actors because they they're giving him nothing. There's no reaction at all. <laughs> yeah, is, there's nothing. Yeah. Which in like in reality, like um and we'll, we'll we've talked about and we will talk about how kind of people um people you know the other characters in the film sort of treat peewee as um they kind of like treat him as he would want to be treated they kind of treat him as sort of the the the, the man child that he is but mm -hmm. these boys are looking at him like who is this grown-up who is this adult who right. is you know riding around on this crazy bike um, that doesn't fit in like everyone else is where kind of quote unquote modern, like not modern now, but right. Um, you know, everyone else, we see a lot of other bikers and skateboarders and other things that are all like the, you know, modern uh, vehicles for the eighties. And then here's this, um, this guy in this like throwback forties retro um, huge thing. Like that thing's gotta be heavy, um, especially with all the, the additional equipment. Like right. there's no surprise that he could not do a wheelie. <laughs> right it's like why would he think he could do a wheelie i don't yeah i i can't imagine like what it would take to get yeah this bike into uh into a wheelie. well even just to get it going enough for him to do the like the leg things where he's you know it's still going forward but he's not mm -hmm. actually pedaling and he's cut like his legs on the side and he switches sides like i can't imagine that bike is like a tank essentially how you <laughs> yeah just to get like the momentum going yeah uh to keep it moving when you're not pedaling that's yeah, a little bit impressive uh, unless imagine... they had somebody like pulling <laughs> off screen like just pulling the bike and, and Paul's is like okay and this side and this side and just... yeah <laughs> which they probably they probably did although you know i mean it's not that much of a trick that he does but i wonder if they 
just for, you know, just to make sure that he stays up for filming. True. Um, yeah. So we do see him. I mean, there are a couple like, like far away shots where you see the whole bike when he like puts his feet like to the front up mm. on, uh, up on oh, the handlebars. True. Like we definitely yeah. see that. So, um, and that's definitely like, that's Paul Rubens. That's not a stunt man. I don't think like, that's not like a stunt rider. Um, that's the real thing. So uh, yeah, he does. He does his own stunts, at least some Woo-hoo. of them. <laughs> um, that's impressive. And so we get to, uh, we pull into the mall and, uh, and the, the, <laughs> speaking of a heavy bike, that's gotta be what, <laughs> 50 pounds of chain of big, solid chain, metal chain. <laughs> That he pulls up to to chain up his bike. Um, so I can see, you know, we were talking about how special um, how special a bike is to a young person, and that my my uh, my black and gold BMX bike that uh, that I had actually ended up getting stolen. I so I Aww. I should have been chaining it up just the same way uh, that Pee Wee did. Yeah, and actually, I was right in front of my house. I just <sighs> left it in front of the house. I thought it would be safe there, and then. Um, I think I may have left it out overnight even. And I went out the next day and, and it was gone. So, um, so Pee Wee is smart though, you know, even the best defenses can be defeated. Yes. Um, <laughs> as we will see later. Um, and, but so Pee Wee chains up the bike and makes his way into Mario's magic shop. Um, but before we, we, before we move ahead, let's, uh, I'm going to take this, uh, this opportunity to pause and, uh, Let's uh, let's get to know let's get to know Megan a little bit more, and I'll ask you. So, what is your what's your history with uh, the character Pee Wee Herman and this film with with Pee Wee's Big Adventure? When did you when did you first get to know Pee Wee? When did you first see the film? I remember Pee Wee on like the television show as a kid, um, and thinking it was really cool but really weird. But w- like, couldn't not watch it if it came on. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because like he had that giant crazy, ch- I don't even remember the character's name, but he had the chair that would Cherry. talk. <laughs> Cherry, there yeah, you go, right? Of course. Um, and you know, like I mean, now looking back on it at the time, I didn't know who some of these guest stars were, right? But it turns out some of these people were really kind of well known, which I, I, I don't know if I like that show was on like what late eighties originally. I probably saw it a little bit in reruns too, but I don't think I saw the movie until I was like maybe in high school or college. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there was that like gap, if you will, but I don't even know if I was a kid, if I even knew there was a movie, to be honest with you. I just knew it was the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I always loved yeah. that he was so dressed up too, like ev- like especially compared to every other sort of cartoon Saturday morning show out there. He was so dressed up and I just loved that for some reason <laughs> as a little kid. I just thought that was yeah, ador- like adorable and awesome and um, I grew up with the Lawrence Welk show, so maybe there was a little bit of that too, of like just like you yeah. know, people just being dressed and fancy and you know doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of a throwback in terms of like yeah, a children's show host wearing a, a suit and tie, a bow tie, even. Right. Um, yeah, so the show was like late '80s to to early '90s, but yeah, looking watching it now, and I I didn't watch the the Playhouse, the the TV show at the at the time but but watching going back and watching it now you see phil hartman of course but lawrence fishburne yeah um, uh apatha murkison um yeah so you see like a lot of people that went on to become like like big stars for like adult entertainment not uh 
that came out wrong. I know. Not like X-rated adult, like <laughs> no, grown up. but like grown ups, right? <laughs> grown up entertainment. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. No. <laughs> oh, and this like blew my mind. This was like a little bit of trivia that I had no idea. Natasha Leone, little she little was... baby Natasha as a kid, was on really um, Playhouse. How did I not know that? Yeah, she, there's she's in like a half a dozen episodes there's a group of three kids i think it's two girls and a boy that come into the playhouse a few times um and uh, she's like you know eight or ten years old like really little at the time but like yeah i and, and like oh it was one of those gosh, things that like yes <laughs> like i I, I, I know it. some people are really good at like picking out like people like you know they're they're like early roles and, and stuff like i had no idea but then once i knew it and you see it like yeah, that's, you know, imagine what Natasha Leone as a child would look like. And yeah. oh my, I know she has such 80s, like hippie hair. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's, um, if that was something like typecasting or just like from her personality or whatever. But yeah, she's mm -hmm. always got like a bandana on her head. She's always dressed like a little hippie, yeah. which is kind of weird for the late 80s, which I guess it's. Maybe they're saying like her, you know, her parents could have been hippies from the 60s kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's in a typical weird Pee Wee's Playhouse fashion. Like, it's just as weird as everything else that was going <laughs> with with that show. I probably didn't even question it, honestly, as a kid. Just like they all they all dress, you know, the way they want to dress. Like, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then by the time you saw the film. You, you knew the character and you kind of, you weren't thrown off by like, that you weren't thrown off the way those kids on their bikes were like, that that this is like, no. why is this grown man acting like a child? You were like, nope, that's. No, that's Pee Wee. That's Pee Wee. <laughs> I mean, it was thought. interesting to me how most adults, even though he is kind of, like you said earlier, like even though he's kind of childlike, they mm -hmm. did sort of treat him like an adult for the most part, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, you get some looks and some people are like, ugh, but there's still this like, okay, well, you're over 18. You, you know, <laughs> we expect certain things out of you, you know? Um, and so when we'll certainly see, we'll see someone, you know, uh, kind of interacting and treating him as adult uh, a little bit later um, when we get to Dottie. But, um, but before we get to that, we've got Mario's magic shop and a, a couple things, you know, first when we walk in the, um, so this shot is reversed. Um, so we see Mario's magic shop spelled out on the, the glass door but it's spelled out so we could read it but you know the letters should be facing outside like it should be backwards when you're inside looking out but uh i guess you know for the benefit of the audience the shot's been been reversed so we could read it uh, we could read the door and so in this shot also um quick little thing that's a, a blink if you missed it on the left side of that door as peewee's entering we see an elvira poster um and you know Elvira, of course, oh, yeah. played by Cassandra Peterson, who will we'll see uh, in a later part um, as our biker mama. So uh, what a bit of appearance there, yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So Pee Wee meets with uh, Mario uh, of the Eponymous uh, Magic Shop. Uh, Mario is played by Monte Landis, um, who's got uh, quite a, an extensive uh, IMDb uh, resume. Uh, Going all the way back to his, his first feature is The Mouse That Roared uh, from 1959. But a couple things that I thought was interesting. Um, so it does some movie work, uh, you know, all through the, the 60s up through uh, 21st century. But 
Uh, things I picked out were Real Genius in 85, Body Double 84, Yellow Beard in 83. Um, a couple of my favorites. Um, a real small part in Young Frankenstein from 1974, where he's the gravedigger when um uh when Victor and, and Igor go to the go to retrieve uh the body that will become the monster or the creature. Um is it's a little another of a blink and you miss it little part where uh um, Mario's there uh, digging the grave or burying um, <laughs> burying the body that they're about to, to dig up. But the real interesting thing that I found was he's in three episodes of the 60s Batman series playing uh, character Basel. I thought that was interesting. Huh. Um, and then also uh, seven episodes of the Monkey series from the 60s as well, where he pays a uh, uh, played uh, often played an antagonist. It looked like he's in, I think he was in seven episodes and it looks like every episode he's got a different name. Like he <laughs> plays a different character, but always the same kind of thing. He's just, he's the bad guy that's trying to foil the monkeys from, uh, from having their fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here he is playing Mario. He's a, a supplier of a great many things. Um, and of course, you know, from, from looking around, you know, from seeing Pee-wee's house, all the gadgets and toys and everything mm. he has. So, of course, it, you know, of course, Pee-wee would um, would be a frequent shopper at, <laughs> at, at this kind of shop. Um, we've got some good stuff. Um, again, I'll, I'll I'll remind our listeners, if you haven't listened to uh, our episode on the deleted scenes, this is one of the deleted scenes. Uh, there was a, a bit with Amazing Larry um, that eventually got got cut out. But this is where that would be. Um but we see, um, yeah, we see, uh, a, a th well, three things that, uh, there's a lot of things that he pulls out, but there's three things that um, that Pee Wee ends up purchasing. So he gets the um, the trick gum, mm -hmm. he gets the the headlight glasses, and, um, and the boomerang bow tie. Oh, right. Which are cool things. I forgot about the bow tie. Yeah, yeah. Those are all fun things. This is a this is a fun shop. Did you um, did you ever did you ever have a, a magic shop like this, or do you have no. one near you with just lots of weird, strange no. things? No, I don't think yeah. we do. And growing up, I don't think I ever really went in a magic shop. If we had one, I don't think I ever really did. Mm -hmm. But I probably yeah. would have loved it though. <laughs> yeah, I remember growing up the um. I don't remember at the mall, but I know at the flea market that we went to a lot when I was a kid had a magic shop and had a little like little card games and, and coin tricks like, you know, uh, little tricks that came with instructions you could learn how to do. But then it also had the weird things It had like the whoopee cushion and mm -hmm. the fake dog do and um, things like the, the ketchup and mustard bottles with a string that when you squeeze it, it you know, a yellow string shoots out. Oh, so you yeah. can like pretend to shoot people with mustard. Um, now I look at something like this. This is how I know I'm old. I look at, you know, I look at this scene and I just think like, this is all clutter. Like these are all like, <laughs> these are all like cool little things, but I know like if I actually purchased them and brought them home, it'd be like, okay, this is just another thing I got to put on the shelf. That's going to collect dust. So, so I, my thing of like, oh, you got old is how does he stay in business? Like who's buying all this stuff? How is he affording the rent? <laughs> like, how does he afford, like, does he get his own set? Like, does he pay himself a salary? Like, what does he, mm -hmm. does he make money? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> does he just go off of like Peewee? Is Peewee the one that's keeping him in business? Exactly. <laughs> yes. It's just Peewee. And then there's that like poor other lady who's in there who, 
looks like she just wants to be left alone to look at whatever and keeps kind of looking yeah. over at peewee and being like what yeah who like peewee is harassing with the um the x-ray specs oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder what like she's like you know she brought a watch to, she had she brought a watch in to be fixed at the jewelry store next door or something you know and she's oh, yeah. you know, or she's she's early for a hair appointment so she's just killing time like right, exactly you know, she doesn't look like she's not there to buy the no. way uh, the way Pee Wee is. Or she's meeting someone for lunch and she's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll wait in here. <laughs> yeah, I got 10 minutes to kill. Um, though I do see um, there are a lot of masks. So it probably does like a seasonal business, good business oh, for Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. That's probably the busy time at Mario's Magic Shop. But still, like, is that going to be enough to carry you through the year? Well, I hope so. Black Friday? I don't know. <laughs> what's what's the black friday for halloween is it like the day after labor day or the day after columbus day when all the halloween stuff is like on sale oh. i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> but mario's a lot of fun so mario's one of those people that yeah he's kind of you know he's treating peewee as an adult he's not like you know where's your parent or who's going to pay for all this stuff but he kind of understands the the childlike nature Mm-hmm. that peewee has um and he's kind of uh you know he's meeting him at that level like with you know things like like you know trip trick gum and um smoke bombs and stuff like that he's like all right he, he you know he's one of those adults that understands the maturity level of a kid or um or someone like peewee or like the giant um, head that comes out at one point <laughs> i love that i love that progression that setup you know, comedy comes in threes where it's like the the shrunken head, the regular size, and then the giant. Giant. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things, like, I'm a little disappointed, like, that didn't come back to, to figure in later. There was no callback to a giant head later on. Mm. <laughs> um, so if there's nothing else. I think that's all my notes I have on Mario. We exit the magic shop. We take a uh, a spin. We visit the X1, make sure it's safe and sound. And then we head to Chuck's. Bike-O-Rama. Woohoo. Woohoo. Where we've got um we've got some bikers. We you know see all the bikes lined up for sale. We've got some bikers. So I there's seven, there's seven bikers there. Only one of them is named. So uh so Pee-wee says hi Chip. Um and Chip is uh Chip is played by Damon Martin. And of the other, the other bikers, only three are credited. Um, oh. We've only got three BMX kids listed in the credits in addition to Chip. And one of the other ones is David Glasser. And I wanted to mention those two, uh, Damon and David, because they both went on. They, they both had kind of short acting careers, but both became producers. And, you know, had quite quite a few credits, particularly David Glasser, who's one of the BMX kids, uh, has been a producer since 1993. And uh, worked on, so he produced uh, the series Yellowstone and the spinoff. So there's 1883 and 1923, which are um, kind of yellow spinoffs or sequels. Mm -hmm. Um, And 1923 features Harrison Ford um, in a a rare television role for him. So that was interesting. So like, uh, yeah, a couple couple big name producers came out of uh, of this little BMX gang. That's Um, funny. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then um, 
Yeah, and then we get on to uh, to Dottie, played by the wonderful Elizabeth E.G. Daly. I like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I like I like her as as an actress, and I like her. I like Dottie as yeah. a character. I'm not sure. <laughs> I like Dottie a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's another one where I think there's you know good chemistry mm-hmm. uh, b- between them here and. They they don't get enough scenes together. Um, you know we've we've got this one. We've got later on after the bike is stolen. We get a couple phone calls that mm-hmm. um, that Pee Wee makes from on the road. But I guess it's um, kind of like the nature of the beast when you do you know you send someone out uh, you know like Pee Wee on an adventure on the you know the hero's journey. Then he you know I'll look, you know when he leaves alone, so he's not going to get a lot of scenes with the people that we see here um, in the beginning until the end and just like we said with francis he um you know he doesn't really team up again with Dottie till uh um till the drive-in at the very mm-hmm. end but she's really great and a little bit of background for folks that aren't as familiar with elizabeth daly she's done uh she's got a, a ton of credits for uh for acting uh for voice acting did a lot of voice acting probably most well known as tommy pickles um, <laughs> and uh i didn't realize this from Babe, Pink in the City. She's Babe. She's Babe? She's, she's Babe. I knew she was Tommy Pickles, but I didn't realize she was Babe. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And then I just got to also toss in just a little, there's another Batman connection. Um, in the new Batman Adventures uh, animated series in 88, she's in one episode as a, as a thrift store manager. Um, <laughs> but uh, so in addition to her acting and, uh, and, and voiceover, voice acting, also a singer with four albums um, and uh, 80, 85 was kind of a big year for her. In addition to this coming out in 85, um, she had a, a top 10 single mind over matter from the summer school soundtrack, uh, summer school, another film that came out in 85 and uh, actually another one from 1985 better off dead. She's the singer um, at the school dance um, in, uh, huh. you know, in that film. So shout out to, uh, to better off dead minute there. So uh yeah, <laughs> the the wonderful, the cute um, Elizabeth Daly. She has um, like the best '80s hair, like ponytail bang ha- hair, get up <laughs> hairdo. Yeah. that's what I'm trying to go for. Hairdo. Her hairdo. Yeah, it's she's kind of like a tomboy thing with the overalls, but it's yeah. feminine at the same time with the um, yeah, like the up ponytail. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's yeah. If there's like a name for that, and but. she's like, te- you know, she's got that '80s, te- you know, you did, you didn't just throw it back, you teased everything, right? You put yeah. in some, some Lnet or whatever, Aquanet, <laughs> <laughs> make sure it stays. <laughs> uh, you know, so speaking of trying to get, uh, you know, or, or uh, treating Pee Wee like an adult, um, she, uh, you know, she's trying to get really adult with Pee Wee here, and she's trying to ask him out on a date. <laughs> or ask him, you know, ask him to the uh, to the drive-in, and we get the um, you know the famous. There's a lot of things about me you don't you don't know anything about. Things you wouldn't understand. <laughs> things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. <laughs> uh, and, and and it's like because and it's it's the um. Well, there's a couple things going on here with, with that little bit. One is the juxtaposition. Like we've seen how silly this character is. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're like 15 minutes removed from 
him wearing bunny, you know, uh, little rabbit slippers chasing after a <laughs> stuffed toy carrot. And now he's being all serious. Like, yeah. Like you like, can't you know, handle he, the truth, right? But Yeah, you, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's, he's this dangerous loner. And, you know, we know, no, there is nothing dangerous. <laughs> the only dangerous thing about this guy is his toy budget and how much he's spending in America. <laughs> But the um, this really smart writing, the uh, sort of like the rhetorical devices, the repetition and the um, what well, kind of it, it, it like it shouldn't work, but it does because that sentence actually it begins and ends with Dottie because he says, Dottie, there's a lot of things you don't know about me uh, or a lot of, you know, Dottie, there's a lot of things about me you don't know, uh, you know, you don't know it. Sorry, I get this line. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the script. So the way it's in script, Dottie. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Dottie. So like the Dottie at the beginning of the end, mm-hmm. which like shouldn't work. It should be like that redundant should be awkward. Um, but it kind of works the way he says it. And he's obviously a much mm-hmm. better. Paul Rubens is a much better actor than I am, which is, a you know, I, I, not a surprise to anyone. Um, you know, he delivers the line the, the way to make it work. Um, but then that that repetition where he's like, you know, things you wouldn't understand, things you couldn't understand, things you shouldn't understand. And then she says, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's like really, that's like really good writing and like really smart humor, mm-hmm. I feel like. And, you know, along with all the silliness with the like, I know you are and what am I? And I meant to do that. Take a pic. You know, there's a lot yeah. of like really immature humor in the film, but like a lot of the writing is really smart, I feel like. So I, I like that. Um, and I feel that helps the the film, you know, like it, it appeals to all ages. Like I, I was young. I, I saw this when it first came out uh, as a child and I appreciate it then. And I, I can still watch it now as an adult. And so I think, you know, even though this isn't, you know, this doesn't happen around Christmas, it's not strictly a Christmas or a holiday film. I think it qualifies as a holiday film because it is, um, certainly it has the rewatchability, you know, it could be something that you watch every year. Um, and it's certainly something that it's fun for the whole family. Like it appeals to, uh, you know, appeals to all ages. So mm-hmm. I think it's sort of a, a, a could be a, a non-traditional, um, you know, holiday film. And so I wonder, Megan, if you have any kind of, any holiday traditions that are sort of like not strictly, um, you know, not strictly tied to a holiday, like a you know, a Christmas tree or Hanukkah menorah, like that's, you know, that's tied to a holiday, yeah. but you know, kind of anything non-traditional. And to give you an example, I'll mention one of mine, um, Cracker Barrel is kind of a going to Cracker Barrel uh, <laughs> for dinner, for lunch is sort of a, 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 a holiday tradition, but there's nothing strictly holiday about it. It just so happens that there are no Cracker Barrels near where I live, but there's one on the way when I'm visiting family, there's one, it's about um, I usually drive like a family. It's like four or five hour drive, maybe mm-hmm. six, depending on traffic. There's a Cracker Barrel that's about an hour and a half away from my home. And it's at that point where like, okay, if we if we pass it, then we're close enough that it's like, we might as well just wait till we're home to eat. You know, but if we start getting yeah. hungry, it's like that last stop before you're committed to just driving the rest of the way. We're like, you know, if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna eat on the road, this right. is the place to stop. This is, you know, and so a lot of times when we're traveling for holidays, we end up going to uh going to the the, the cracker barrel. Oh, so interesting. Um, yeah, so that's sort of a 
you know, there's nothing inherently holiday related in Cracker Barrel. It's just something we do a lot right. around the holidays. So, uh, yeah. Any any examples like that that you have? Um, my Graham's my Graham's going to be 92 in a few weeks and her huh? birthday falls around thanksgiving so regardless mm -hmm. of when my grandmother's birthday actually falls we always do it the night before thanksgiving mm -hmm. <laughs> um and we usually go get food because obviously nobody wants to cook because they're yeah. cooking the next day or, or everything's like the fridge is too yeah. full of other stuff ready to be reheated or whatever mm -hmm. um that's a good one that's a good one yeah you we, certainly yeah, also we also like um hitting up the day after christmas like for my family's like new england cheapo people so like we go buy next year's wrapping paper right and then you try to find <laughs> wrapping paper that's on sale that doesn't scream christmas or hanukkah or any holiday but like plaid like a nice plaid that you could use for all year round right mm -hmm. and just <laughs> yeah plain brown paper bags for gift giving right like that's yeah. just how we like <laughs> yeah but that's yeah, that's that's very you know New England thrifty is yeah the day after Christmas we're gonna go out and we're gonna shop for ribbons and bows and wrapping paper and all that stuff right or if you're really cheap like New Year's Day if you want to wait and yeah. see what's still left <laughs> you kind of get the last <laughs> remainders at that point exactly yeah yeah although that's getting harder to do it is getting harder um, to do because it feels like everyone else is also doing that <laughs> yeah well and because the stores turn over things so quickly yes like around me. There was no cheap Halloween candy. The day after think that the, the day after Halloween, all the stores had put out all their Christmas stuff. Yeah. Like so there was they, you know, so they, they turn over to the next holiday yeah. so quickly. There's like one tiny section where they just kind of shove everything, right? And yeah. They're like, go for it. But Yeah. So like all the bargain hunters have to, you know, fight over the 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 the, the little bit of stuff that they leave out yeah. after the holiday. But uh yeah. That's a good tradition. Yeah. Um, I have a friend from college, a really good friend whose birthday is two days after Christmas. And one summer I found something at a yard sale that screamed her and I didn't want to wait till Christmas to send mm -hmm. it to her. So I decided that I was going to do, and I still do this. I, t some point in the summer, I send her her Christmas present mm -hmm. and I do it all up. Like I, I get out like my Christmas stickers and I like decorate this thing. Like it's like Christmas in July or whatever. So then in December, when I send her birthday present, like it's her birthday present. It's not mm -hmm. like she, cause she gets a lot of combined stuff or she gets like the, she remembers growing up and telling me she got like Christmas wrapping paper Yeah. for on her birthday <laughs> gifts, you know, and like things that were clearly marked Christmas, you know, and she's like, ah, you know, can yeah. you just pretend? And I kind of get yeah. that a little bit. My birthday is two days after Valentine's day. So I'm used to getting like, Here's the discount Valentine's Day candy. And I'm like, you couldn't yeah. even take the, the clearance sticker off it? Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, can we just pretend for 10 seconds? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's nice. So you know what that's like. So you're like, all right, let me do, I'll give you, uh, you know, we'll do like a Christmas in July or whatever. And then so right. your birthday is just birthday. Yeah. That's nice. And then our mom that's goes, nice why thing. didn't we think of this like 20 some odd years ago? I'm like, I don't yeah. know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's good. All right. So getting back. So we're kind of wrapping up this section. So, you know, Pee Wee, you know, wraps up his his serious, um, <laughs> you know, you can't handle the truth speech His I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Um, and he's so serious and so straight with this presentation. He He takes the horn. He turns and walks away. And we can like see the smirk. We can kind of see from the side. And then as soon as he exits the as soon as he exits the, the bike shop, 
he is, you know, he's skipping and jumping and it's, it's back to Pee Wee. Um, but like, we see that transition from like the, you know, the serious PW to mm-hmm. the childlike Pee Wee Herman, just, you know, just in case like you took any of that seriously, you thought like, wow, like, you know, what's going on? Like this guy is really <laughs> dark and mysterious. Like, no, no, it's just Pee Wee. This is Pee Wee. <laughs> Uh, and he's he a lot of another fun. bicycle accessory, you know. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know J- James Bond stuff, really secret stuff. But uh, yeah, and so that that wraps up the section. Was there anything else you wanted? Uh, anything? Any other notes you have on uh, you know this this ten minutes of the film or anything uh, kind of Pee Wee Big Adventure related? Um, I just again, I just really loved the house and how much detail has gone into his house and mm-hmm. like did half the budget go towards the house like what, yeah. you know or did they just like go to warner brothers and go like we're raiding your prop room and just thank yeah. you very much like yeah they just... talk about it uh yeah uh paul rubens and tim burton talk about it on the um the the commentary track on the disc where like i think the bedroom like inside the house that's a lot of paul rubens but then the outside that was like Tim Burton um, and he did. And like the uh, particularly like the security stuff around the bike, like having mm-hmm. like the, the tree branch be the the trigger for the hedge and having like the, the antenna on the house, like the TV antenna turn around and everything. Like they, like Paul said, like, Oh, that, that, oh, that was Tim Burton. Like he kind of came up with all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things. So I, that the inspiration to, to cover this particular film for the, you know, for our special this year was, um, you know, kind of Paul Rubens, uh, you know, passed away earlier in the year. And, and that inspired me, well, let me, you know, I haven't seen the film for a while. Let me rewatch it. And like the, the combination of like, you get the callbacks and we talked about like the stuff from the magic shop, like the, the trick gum and the head like glasses, you know, the, the stuff that's going to call back and even like the horn um, that, that he's picking up here. Like, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that like, there's, again there's just callbacks like there's a lot of stuff that goes mm-hmm. in that they obviously thought about and they worked into later parts of the film but then there's so much of it that's just one off like they put you can tell like a lot of thought and work went into these things just for that scene just for that you know just for that one little bit in the bedroom just for that breakfast scene you have all that mechanics yeah. and all the crazy stuff all the stuff in the magic shop is just for that magic shop that he, he never goes back to it never you know never returns other than the couple things that the peewee bought um, and that kind of amazed me like the stuff that like no this this is not a setup there's no payoff there's no callback this is just a neat little scene that's just for itself and for no other reason <laughs> and i'm like all right that's hey it, it's it's fun you don't need a reason it, you don't have to call back you can just we can just have fun yeah um and this film yeah it's a lot of fun and I had fun talking with you, Megan. I hope you had fun too. I did. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Let me just check over. Um, oh, I did want to mention one other thing. I want to, one last note for, uh, for this section. A note that mentioned that from the Danny Elfman commentary track on the disc, um, he talks about how he is um, completely self-taught as a musician, didn't take any classes or, you know, no formal wow. education. But he does mention he um, he says he, he calls it a non-student. He went to um, Cal Arts as a non-student, even though he never he didn't run into uh, Tim Burton or all Paul Rubens there. Um, but yeah, so both um, uh, both Tim Burton and Paul Rubens attended 
you know, the, the, the California Institute of the Arts or, or CalArt as they call it. Um, although I, I couldn't find exact years of when they attended, but I don't think they would have been there at the same time. Um, uh, Paul was born in 1952 and then uh, Tim Burton was born in 58. So there's about six years in between. So if they just did the usual like high school to college thing, then mm-hmm. um, then, then Paul would have graduated before before Tim uh, would have been there. And then uh, so Danny Elfman, he doesn't say when he was there. He just says, oh, I, he kind of hung out on campus and kind of snuck into classes without paying tuition um, and then says like he didn't run into either of them. Um, so he was born in 53. So he's about he's closer in age to Paul Rubens. But um, I don't know when he attended because he he like traveled around Europe. He did, um, you know, he did some, uh, you know, like musical theater troupe. He did, you know, the mm-hmm. Mystic Knights at the Ongo Boingo. Like he did a lot of different things before he settled down into uh, a career as a musician. So like, um, you know, he could have gone sooner around the time when when Paul was there. Or he could have been attending later, um, you know, around the time when when Tim Burton would have been there. But he says he didn't run into to either of them at the time. So I just yeah, thought that was a little, huh. you know, a little little interesting tidbit on uh, yeah. on Danny Elfman there. Um, but so yeah, that was it. That's kind of kind of my last note. And so um, we'll wrap it up for for part two of our nine part saga covering Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So listeners, uh, you know. Thanks for for coming so far. We're 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 almost a third of the way through, so uh, you know, bear with us and hang on and, and, and come back next time. Um, but uh, once again, I want to thank you, Megan. Thank you so much for for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, so, if our listeners don't already know where to find you, you know, I'm sure they want to hear more of your insightful film commentary. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. So, where can folks fe- hear more from Megan? Um, I did what was that 120 episodes of yeah. mash the movie but we talk a lot about the tv show a lot yeah um a lot. a lot yes i thought we were doing the tv show and then tyranny was like psych mm-hmm. it's movies by minutes and i was like oh okay <laughs> um yeah. so that's at mashminute.com and i am still in the research st- stages but i'm hoping by mid 2024 to start releasing episodes for um the american president minute because I, my favorite oh, movie yeah. in this entire world is the 1995 political rom-com, um, The American <laughs> President. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay. So we're looking forward to that, listeners. Uh, so stand by. Wait for, for uh, The American President to come out. Of course, we're Next Scene Podcast. You can find us at nextscenepod.com. We're at nextscenepod on all the social media or uh, some of the social media. So... <laughs> Please uh, come on back where we will see you on the next scene.